Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast. This week, reviewing Mid-South Wrestling Television from November 14th, 1983, taped on November 9th, 1983, at the Irish McNeil Boys Club in Shreveport, Louisiana. I am the great Brian Last, my pleasure to be with you once again, and of course, joining me, as he always does, Mr. New Orleans. Mike Mills. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing good, Brian, but I have a question for you. Do you have your working boots on? Doesn't matter. I ain't going to need them today. There's no way we're going to be here that long. This may be the shortest episode. This is possibly the worst episode of Mid-South Wrestling we've ever watched, and there just isn't going to be a lot to talk about this week. Hey, I, I don't want to put a downer on this, but I totally agree with you in a statement has to be made at the very top of this thing so that we're not doing it throughout. I always believe in that. This episode is the definition of the bottom of the roller coaster. And coming next week is some new, fresh blood and injection into the territory. And I think that's the best way to put it. But before we get that injection, you've heard Brian and I talk about this for a while now, for, for weeks. Before we get that injection, we are going to have to plug through and slog through one of the toughest, and not in a good way, episodes of Mid-South Wrestling that we'll ever have to go through, in my opinion, at least at this point, since we started doing this a few years ago. It's a rough episode. There's no junkyard dog. It just seems like they said, hey, let's put anybody on this week. Larry Higgins, let's give him a match. <laughs> I mean, there's not much to talk about. And on top of all of that, sometimes we've had matches that on paper aren't very exciting, but they turn out to be okay. And actually, to be fair, the Larry Higgins match wasn't the worst. But even when the matches are not what you're expecting or what you want, you at least have Cowboy Bill Watts there to in the slow moments, just start going off on airplanes or Russians or Iran or football. or just It's entertaining listening to Bill Watts's stream of consciousness. Mm -hmm. We don't have that this week. We have Jim Ross, who is still somewhat awkward and at times nervous on commentary, and someone who's not nervous, Buddy Nichols, who calls the wrestling like it's a sport. Nothing against that. But when it comes to pulling audio, it would be like pulling audio from a college basketball game. It's just play-by-play. Play. There's no extra analysis. There's no real color to the commentary. What are your thoughts, Mike? You nailed it. Buddy Nichols is a straight commentator, straight man. He's calling it play-by-play. Play. And your thoughts about Buddy Nichols as well. I've got something at the top of the show uh, that he does with Jim Ross. But with, with Buddy Nichols, it's like, I felt like almost like Bill Watts just knew, all right, this is the last episode before we get that injection to come in. And Buddy always wants to do commentary. He's constantly calling me. I just throw him out there with Jim Ross, and I'll let those two young, almost said buckaroo, I'll let those two youngsters. <laughs> uh, I, there, there's something to that. My dad used to say that term all the time in the 80s, buckaroo, um, long story short. Uh, nothing to do with wrestling though, but he was like, I'm going to send these two young guys out there, these young, young bucks out there. And 
And oh God, I did it again. He's, I'm going to send these youngsters out there and I'm going to have them call this. There's not much happening, so they can't mess it up. And we'll go from there. And next week, we got a real great show that's going to happen and things are really going to get kicked off. The new era of Mid-South Wrestling is going to begin, but we'll just throw these two out there to just get us through this godforsaken week. And on that note, we should probably go into it. <laughs> well, let's go to the show open. Jim Ross and Buddy Nichols. Mid-South Wrestling. I'm Jim Ross, and I'll be your host for the next exciting hour of Mid-South Wrestling action. And with me here today, Buddy Nichols from KALB-TV, the sports director down in Alexander. Buddy, it's great to have you with us here. And we've got a, a great card for matchmaker Grizzly Smith, and I'm happy to have you here, and we've got a great card to talk about. Well, Jim, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be working with you here for the next hour. It looks like a full hour of action. It certainly does. We've got the Mid-South Tag Team Champions here. The big Russian Nikolai Volkov will be here. We have a special montage on Hacksaw Jim Duggan that we'll introduce today that I think you'll be very interested in. Uh, also, the great tag team combination of Magnum TA and Mr. Wrestling 2 will team up right here today for live wrestling action. We'll also see Leaping Lenny Popo and Crusher Darso. They'll be here. It's going to be a great hour. You saw some great footage of, from Houston from Steve, Dr. Death Williams as we opened, and it's going to be a great hour. We started off with a lot of action, so let's go to the ring now in our first match with Reeser Bowden. Well, there it is, Mike, the show open, and Jim Ross promises us a great hour. He says that Grizzly Smith delivered another great card. Both Buddy Nichols and Jim Ross are just staring at the same sheet of paper. There's no energy there. There's no oomph to anything. It's just kind of, let's get through this. So you had the same note as me about the sheet of paper. Now, I thought Jim Ross, although he was staring at the paper, he was at least looking up. Man, Buddy Nichols... He's looking at the camera at first, and then he's just staring to the, I guess his, what was his right or maybe left? I don't remember. Uh, he's just staring down at the paper the whole time. He's even staring at it while he's talking. He's not even making an attempt to come up and look at the paper. And it's just, you you almost could tell from the start, you're like, oh, wow, we're in for a barn burner today. Now, in fairness, I don't, I guess I've maybe put this episode out of my mind. As a kid, I don't even remember this episode. I don't remember it being bad. I don't specifically recall the week before, you know, what goes down next week happening. I don't, I just, I mean, I remember that week when, when the midnight and whatnot, but I don't remember, I don't remember this episode going, oh God, this was terrible. Like, so in fairness, you know, as a viewer back then, I, I don't recall, oh, this is, this is, this is terrible. But you watch it back and you're like, oh boy. This is a slog. And Buddy Nichols certainly <laughs> helped it make it more of a slog. And a reminder from last week, which was taped in the first hour of this television taping, Boyd Pierce announced he couldn't be here this week because he would be on vacation, his annual hunting trip with Bob Feller and Richie Ashburn, Major yeah. League Baseball Hall of Famers, but he was there for the first hour. There's no real excuse, unless he had to leave in the middle of the show, Bill Watts style, that he wouldn't be here for the second hour. But we get this, Jim Ross still learning his way as a commentator, and Buddy Nichols, who just isn't a wrestling commentator. Yeah, it's, it's not horrible, but yeah, when you watch it by comparison to what you're used to at the top of the show from Mid-South, as we've seen you know, over the last few weeks, you know, Watts will go into some replays and tell us kind of what's happened and narrate us through it. And Boyd is sit there and host it. It's definitely a change of pace. And and it honestly, it sets the stage for what you're going to see today or not see. 
Our first match, a non-title match featuring the Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team Champions, Butch Reed and Jim Neidhart, against George Weingroff and Tony Torres, Johnny Martinez, the referee. Did you have any thoughts about this match, Mike? My only notes, Neidhart and Reed do dominate for the most part, and Neidhart is going to hit Torres with the Samoan drop that he normally does, and Neidhart and Reed going to win with the 1-2-3. Very uneventful, though, and nothing was said on commentary that you could grasp and say, oh, yeah, that was great. Nothing was said on commentary at all other than calling the match. Let's see if we get past 20 minutes for this episode, Mike. The next match, Nikolai Volkov versus Mike Jackson and Randy Barber, Rick Ferreira, the referee. Once again, Nikolai insists on the Russian national anthem being played, and then he has this handicap match where he defeats Mike Jackson and Randy Barber, although they do get him off his feet. They do an okay job, all things considered. But any thoughts about this match, Mike? I had the same thing about Barber and Jackson. They they did fight back. So, I mean, it was a squash. Don't get me wrong. There's one point where I think Nikolai dropped Barber on the top rope, you know, by the neck, and it looked vicious. So, But they did get Nikolai off his feet. They fought back, but you knew it was going to happen. I mean, you never had a handicap match like this during the territories where, you know, the, the, the two guys would win. It just didn't work that way. The, the pin was kind of cool, too. I don't know how to describe it. If you've got the – I was going to say if you got the network, go look at it, but – the pin, the pin was cool, what he did. So other than that, man, yeah, nothing else. We then go to Jim Ross and Buddy Nichols to get set up for a Hacksaw Jim Duggan highlight video, but here's their intro for it. Buddy, as you well know, many of the things going on around this world are things that we'd rather forget, but we cannot forget things uh, when lives are taken and when lives are put in jeopardy and the, and the third war powers are going against the United States. It seems like the United States has been much maligned in the last few weeks, and we saw some tremendous weapons uh, just a few moments ago with the big Russian Nikolai Volkov. But we've got this special piece here, and I think it's very timely, don't you? I think so, Jim. You know, uh, like you say, America is, in, is involved in a lot of uh, uh, problems away from our nation, but uh, I, I think this piece on uh, Jim Hacksaw Duggan is a, is a good display of American patriotism. Well, I think it'll fire you up wrestling fans. This piece was produced by Scott Munns, and, and with a little help from the Charlie Daniels Band in America, let's see the great piece on Hacksaw Duggan right now. Well, there it is, the setup for this Hacksaw Duggan highlight video clips of him over the last year with originally Charlie Daniels Band music in the background. There's really not much more to say. It's a highlight video just showing how much the fans love Jim Duggan and showing him kicking the crap out of everyone in his way. Yeah, the only other note I had outside of what you said, uh, the highlight package, I mean, it was cool with the when they show him breaking the board over DiBiase's back. I mean, the Irish McNeil was so on fire that day and hot. Just a really good moment. They did replay the promo when DiBiase, um, I'm sorry, when Duggan talks about being, you know, he's proud to be an American. He's holding that board that he's broken. It's a really, really, you know, you and I talked about it when we covered it. It's a great promo from Duggan. I mean, he's fired up, and I did enjoy seeing that again. But other than that, you're right. It's just a standard video package. Good stuff. It was some stuff that we enjoyed talking about. And when Duggan was, I don't want to say becoming or became, arguably the number one uh, face in the territory at the moment, but Duggan was something else. And this is a good little, little recap here. I mean, Brian, to be honest, they had to do something. They had to do something. I, I, I got to believe Watts knew I ain't got nothing going on this week. Um, I know what's coming. So eh, let's replay uh, some stuff from Duggan and when the people were fired up and all that stuff. And that'll be a good couple of minutes uh, to eat up some time on my TV where the fans can 
get some enjoyment out of it. That was my thoughts on this segment being uh, injected here or placed here. Well, we go from that to our next match. Magnum TA and Mr. Wrestling 2 just put together last week against Doug Vines and Jeff Sword, formerly the Devil's Duo in ICW, Randy Pee Wee Anderson, the referee. Let's hear a little bit from Jim Ross about this new team, Mr. Wrestling 2 as the coach, and Magnum TA as the pupil. There you heard a great new tag team combination, Mr. Wrestling 2 and Magnum TA being introduced to the fans for the first time here on Mid-South Wrestling as a tag team duo. This happens right after the signing last week. I should say the signing, the announcement of the arrangement that Mr. Wrestling Number 2 and Magnum TA have established. Mr. Wrestling Number 2 will be the coach of Magnum TA. He sees a great deal of promise, and, buddy, I think Mr. Wrestling 2 sees some of the things in Magnum TA that a lot of other people have seen in him that he is a tremendous young athlete. Well, Jim, first of all, I, I don't think Magnum T.A. could find a better coach. That's, uh, that's probably obvious. Second of all, I agree with you. Magnum T.A., one of the finest young uh, wrestlers to come around the last few years. A, a great recommendation from Dusty Rhodes uh, uh, to come into the Mid-South area. And when you get that and coaching with uh, wrestling, too, you can't hardly beat that. And right now, Magnum T.A. is really working Doug Vines over as he tags out with wrestling, too. Well, there we hear it, Buddy Nichols and Jim Ross about this new team. Not much said there, but again, this is the beginning of this long-term angle. Now, the fans in the Irish McNeil Boys Club have not seen this promo where Wrestling 2 announces why he is now aligned with Magnum TA. They would see it before the next show, but this was hour two of this TV taping, so they were still unaware of exactly what was going on here, Mike. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I I didn't have that as a note, but it's an excellent point. I will say, you know, I give Buddy Nichols a hard time, but that's about as unique a commentary as you can get from a storytelling standpoint from somebody like him on a show like this. So I thought Buddy Nichols and, and Jr. were good there in that that short clip. The other thing I will have I have is Magnum TA and Wrestling Two. They look like they have decent chemistry. You can tell that they must have talked about some things because when they did tag in and tag out, they had their moves planned well and it just wasn't just your standard let me tag and then or i'll hold the guy while you hit him in the in the guts after i tag him i mean they actually were they were actually pulling off some maneuvers like at one point you know two tags in ta and then he irish whips uh one of the guys in the ring and ta will hit him with a with a drop kick or a clothesline so like they had some things worked out ahead of time so where they didn't just look like two guys that were just thrown into the ring together and i thought I mean, it's a little thing, but it's something that makes a difference when you're trying to establish a partnership, a tag team, even though the partnership is supposed to be two is going to be T.A.'s coach. But they're tagging here and they don't look like a ragtag bunch just thrown into the ring together. T.A. and two win when T.A. hits the belly to belly on Doug Vines. We go from that match to Larry Higgins, who we have not seen in a long time on Mid-South Wrestling, against Art Cruz. Johnny Martinez, the referee, you know, two bigger guys here. Larry Higgins is a pretty big guy, and Art Cruz has some size to him. And all things considered, an all right back and forth match. What did you think, Mike? Uh, yeah, all things considered, definitely a, a back and forth match, That uh, and it was, it was decent. I mean, I, I will say this, you know, we, we gave old uh, Larry Higgins a hard time here and there, but he, he has improved, relatively speaking. He's still kind of awkward. Brian, I, I I got two things. One, I 
I told you about ahead of time, but I've got another one. Do you remember this Higgins being in um, WCW in 1990? Uh, briefly, yeah, of course. Okay, he also is there, and he puts a hood on at one point, and I think they call him the Asian or something like that. No, I don't um, remember that, time. but I know you actually closely watched this period of time more recently than I have. And um, it is tremendous. You could tell it's him because of the body and everything. It's it's so easy. You're like, okay, that's Larry Higgins. But anyway, the other thing I have here is, what the heck does he have on his boots? Now, for anybody who's going to think I'm nuts, Larry Higgins appears to have a star at the top of his boots and what looks like a couple of bananas on the bottom <laughs> and i'm not joking i've got a picture of this and my only my immediate thought whether right or wrong when i saw this was is is that is that like a boot that i mean i say bananas it looks like almost i don't know I, i'm like what is up with his boots like at first here's what i thought this is going to sound terrible when i'm saying it you know how Kamala's got the star on his stomach in the old thing that Kamala used to always say he thought he thought Lawler was um, ribbing him. He was like, why are you painting those bananas on my stomach? And he's like, James, it's a crescent moon. And I'm like, were those boots made for Kamala? But Kamala never wore boots. Oh, no. Come on. That's why I sound crazy. I know. That's why I said that. Yeah. But I'm like, those boots, like I'm trying to figure out what he's got on his boots. Like the, it's a star, <laughs> but what is that bottom part? Is that supposed to be? I'm looking at it now, and <laughs> it does look like a batch of bananas. Yeah, it looks like a batch of like. And I only brought the Kamala thing into it because of what Kamala told Lawler that time. He, it's a, it's a glorious story. Kamala's talking about when when Lawler used to paint his stomach, and and for months he was paint. You know, he'd paint the star, and then he'd paint the the crescent moon. And at one point, Kamala tells, looks at Jerry and as innocent as he can be. And he goes, Jerry, why you paint those big bananas on my stomach? And Jer Law was like, oh, my God, James, it's a moon. It's not bananas. And and he thought, like Lawler says, I thought, I guess Kamala thought I was trying to rip him. But I wasn't. It was just stars in a, it was stars in a moon, crescent moon. But I can't tell what this guy's got on his boots. It looks like a star and it literally looks like a couple of bananas. Am I lying, Brian? You're not lying, Brian. It <laughs> does in fact it does in fact appear to be bananas under the star, but it can't be. It just That's can't what be. I said. It, like it can't be. Is it supposed to be a lightning bolt? No, it can't be that either, because it's curved. Okay. So then is it a what the hell is it? Maybe it's a crescent moon. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's where I'm making the tie. I'm not trying to be funny. Like, I'm literally looking at this man's boots, and I'm, like, trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Well, I think when this episode comes out, you may have to post this picture, because I have no idea how to answer this question. It, you got to, everybody out there, I will post a picture. You have to see what I'm talking about. Because you probably think I'm nuts as I discuss it. But when you see it, you're going to go, damn, there might be something to what he's saying. Well, Hacksaw Higgins or Larry Higgins here wins the match with an elbow drop. Any other thoughts or notes about the match? 
I think I said he looks better than we've seen him before. I think the last, you know, last time we may have saw him was that when he no sold. No, I think we've seen him since then. Yeah. When he no sold Ellering's move in 82 and he got uh, punched in the back or slapped or whatever. Oh, no, no, not Ellering, Orndorf. Orndorf, Orndorf. I said Ellering. That's right. Orndorf. Um, but they looked, Higgins looked better than he did in his original, though. I will mostly that. We go to our next match Leaping Lanny Poffo versus John King. Randy Pee Wee Anderson, the referee. Lanny appears to be in his bathrobe. He wins with a catapult over the top rope. I had no other notes about this match. What did you think of this? I think you're stealing my notes because I said no other notes. He wins with a catapult over the top rope. <laughs> we go to our next match. Crusher Darso, or as Jim Ross nonstop calls him, Crusher Darso versus Paul Garner, a very gangly and awkward looking young man rick ferrera the referee crusher darso wins with his backbreaker i have nothing else uh that's because there was nothing else to talk about he wins with the backbreaker we then get footage from houston texas steve dr death williams versus bobby duncombe who we just recently saw on mid-south tv rick ferrera the referee this was taped on november 4th 1983 Steve Williams wins with the stampede, but it's not like they play minutes of highlights or minutes of footage. It may be a minute, <laughs> and then it's just the finish, and it's out. Yeah. Not, uh, not, I mean, it's just a quick highlight. <laughs> like you said, maybe a minute. Jim Ross is voicing it over uh, from, you know, you can tell he's in the studio or wherever he's re recording it from, and then Dr. Death wins with the Oklahoma Stampede, but there's not... There's not much to it. I think it. I felt like, you know, maybe they could have given this promo at the end a little bit more time. But, yeah, maybe they could have done something else. I don't know. You could tell they're trying to fill time. There's no other way to put it. And then to end this show, we have Jim Ross, who announces next week Dennis Condry and Steve Williams. He says Dennis Condry will make his debut, which is interesting because kind of goes into what were the original plans when Bill Watts agreed to bring in talent from Jerry Jarrett's promotion. Were the Midnight Express originally going to be a team, or was Dennis Condry coming in as a singles wrestler? It's a question I'll ask Jim Cornette. Also, we get the Road Warriors, and I want to play this, and you can hear Hawk is Hawk. Animal is just talking in his normal speaking voice. And then at the very end, listen to Jim Ross, clearly nervous wrapping the show up, forgets Buddy Nichols' name. Let's go to this. Another impressive victory by Steve, Dr. Death Williams. And don't forget, wrestling fans, he'll be right here next week on Mid-South Wrestling Live, along with another newcomer, Dennis Condry. Of course, Steve, Dr. Death Williams, no newcomer, but that was an impressive victory in Houston, Texas, against Bobby Duncombe. Dennis Condry will also be here next week making his debut on Mid-South Wrestling. It's been an exciting hour. We've seen some tremendous action, some great tag team wrestling. We've seen the Mid-South Tag Team Champions and Jim the Anvil Neidhart and Hacksaw Butch Reed. And you've seen the very, very impressive combination, the new tag team combination on the scene of Mr. Wrestling 2 and Magnum TA. And we do have some time left in this hour, and matchmaker Grizzly Smith has arranged for the national tag team champions, the Road Warriors, to spend some time with us here. We've, had, we've seen some great tag team action today. The Road Warriors are here with us today. It looks like the tag team competition in Mid-South is really getting competitive. Well, got a lot to offer here, but you're talking about two of the baddest cats walking earth, and that's me and Animal. You know, we didn't... Get these belts pushing baby buggies around, let me tell you. You got some competition here, but it ain't stiff enough. Oh, they're big and they're bad. 
But we're the biggest, and we're the baddest. You take a look at them 22-inch guns there. You don't even have to flex them to get 22 inches out of those. We're here, and we'll come back. We want to destroy everything in sight. If anybody's foolish enough to get in the ring with us. There's a tag team combination of Mr. Wrestling number two and Magnum TA that looks to be some great competition, and they may want to go after those North, these national heavyweight championship belts. Hey, anybody want to go after these belts to come and try to take them. We've already dealt with two. We've already dealt with Magnum. Now, we took care of the Briscoes. It doesn't matter who the tag team combination is. They want to come and try to take the belts from the Warriors. Just let them try to take them. These are our pride and joy. You know, we weren't at a little coffee party or anything winning these belts. We worked hard for these belts. And Hawk and I take too much pride to see these belts taken off our waist. One thing you said, the competition in Mid-South is the greatest ever. I think it's getting better all the time. The tag team competition is getting better all the time. That's because we're here. The Road Warriors from Atlanta, the national tag team champions, a lot of tag team action, a lot of tag, great tag teams in the Mid-South area. And, of course, next week, don't forget, you'll see Steve, Dr. Death Williams will be here, also newcomer Dennis Condry. We've talked to the Road Warriors. We've seen Magnum TA. We've seen Mr. Wrestling 2, another great tag team combination. And the Mid-South tag team champions, Hacksaw, Butch Reed, and Jim the Anvil Neidhart, they were also here today. It's been another exciting hour of Mid-South wrestling action, so for our missing boy Pierce on vacation, and we wish you well, and we've got to see you next week in Cowboy Bill Watts. And for my, for my host, Buddy from Alexandria, I want to thank everybody for watching Mid-South Wrestling. And uh, Buddy Nichols, thanks very much. And wrestling fans, we'll see you next week on Mid-South Wrestling. Let's go bench 500, Animal. Well, there it is, a somewhat flustered and nervous Jim Ross wrapping things up. Forgets Buddy Nichols' name, has to look at the piece of paper to get it right. And the Road Warriors, very young. You look at Hawk, and he looks so young. Animal kind of looks the same as he always did. But he was talking in his normal speaking voice. What are your thoughts about all this wrapping up the show, Mike? Yeah, I had the same notes as you about the Warriors, but, you know, you heard Condry's name. We talked about that beforehand. But, the you know, the Road Warriors, they really got light years better when it came to promos. I mean, if you just... If you just flew in and had never seen anything from the Road Warriors and you heard somebody talking about the Road Warriors and this was one of their first promos or their first promo you ever watched, you'd go, what the heck is so special about this? But, I mean, they got they got so much better with their promos. I mean, Hawk isn't terrible right there or anything, but, I mean, he 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 – Hawk's intensity, especially when you go back to those 85, 86, 87 Saturday night episodes on TBS, it's it's ridiculous how good Hawk is on on those promos and just – you're like, you believe that guy could rip somebody's heads off. Uh, Animal definitely amps it up. I mean, he's just like you said, he's speaking in his normal voice right there. But later on down the road, he's he's intense, just like Hawk. I want to note about Hawk. Animal, I mean, he puts on some size since then once you see him later in the 80s. But Hawk, I don't want to call him skinny right here, but you can see if you look at a still shot of that versus just, you know, 1986 in Crockett. He has packed on some muscle, and he is even more shredded than he looks right there. It's it's something to see. And I did definitely catch at the end, uh, poor Jim Ross. Uh, I mean, he must have just been nervous. He's like, uh, my host uh, buddy from, uh, and he's looking down at the paper to see where he's from, from uh, Alexandria. Uh, he was he was a little flustered at the end as he was trying to close it out. But nice little promo from the Road Warriors. And I, when I say nice, I'm just, I'm thinking of, it's cool to see where they were versus what you end up seeing from them later on down the road. And they improve a lot. I mean, you got to give them credit. And, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of it.
Well, with that, we wrap up another episode of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review. Things really start changing next week in Mid-South Wrestling and here on the podcast. But until then, you can follow me on Twitter at GreatBrianLast. You can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter at SuperPodcasts or on Facebook, facebook.com slash ArcadianVanguard. You can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast at 605pod.com, available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Mike, how can the listeners stay in touch with you and booking the territory? Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike504Saints. I'll post clips of the shows, as Brian discussed earlier. Also, I'm going to post that clip of Hacksaw or, or uh, Hacksaw Higgins's boots. He was Hacksaw. He wasn't Hacksaw here, but on the previous episodes, he, he was. I'll post a picture of Larry Higgins's boots so you can see exactly what I'm talking about and know that I am not crazy, nor is Brian. Um, also, listen to Book in the Territory at tinyurl.com slash bttpod. Brian, a few weeks back, maybe a month and a half ago at this point, we we were in the midst of the Midnight Express and Dynamic Dudes feud. And I got to mention that there is one very unrealistic thing in that feud, and you got to go back and listen to us review it. Uh, Johnny Ace supposedly stole a woman from uh, Wallace, one and only Wallace Stanfield Lane, and I just can't see that happening. Um, so anyway, you got to go back. It was a fun time reviewing that phenomenal feud. And as I've said before, we've talked about the Steiners. We've got Doom going strong now. It is a fun time on our NWA Saturday Night Recaps at this point. Good, good stuff. Again, tinyurl.com slash bttpod. Uh, or you could just search Book in the Territory wherever you get your podcast from. That's it, Brian. Things are really going to pick up next week. And I am looking forward to the change and the injection that we're going to get into this territory. We've been talking about it for weeks, but we, we are here. We're on the precipice of greatness. And uh, that's it. Until next time, the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. Your producer is Jace Nakarado. For Mike Mills, I'm the great Brian Last. Tellio! Mm-hmm.